0: what up world welcome back to another episode of locked on blazers i'm your past first point guard and blazers beat writer mike Richmond. what a season y'all what a regular season we got a whole bunch more games left there's 10 weeks of nba playoffs left so i'm not going to wrap put a bow on 2018-19 just yet but what a wild night at the moda center Uh, A game that was truly awful and then truly entertaining all at the same time. We'll talk about that. The Blazers beat the Kings in Game 82 to secure the number three seed. We'll also talk about... Did the Blazers want to win this game? Like, what the hell? And finally, we'll talk about what the three seed means. It means they're playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. Third segment, we'll do a little mini playoff preview, but we got more preview stuff coming in the next couple days. But let us start with the magic of a game the Blazers maybe tried to throw away, like maybe legitimately tried to just biff this one away, and then they could not lose it. Because our new best friend, the one of the nicest guys that there could ever be, one of the nicest 20-year-olds on the planet, Anthony Simons, Dropped 37, 9, and 6. Scalabas had 29 and 15, and the Blazers played 6 dudes. All 5 starters logged more than 40 minutes. Zach Collins played 13 minutes off the bench. Jake Lehman, Gary Trent, and Anthony Simons each played 48 full minutes. This was a wild-ass game, y'all. Uh, the Kings started out playing their starters... And it looked like this one was over, like real life over. And you thought, man, the Blazers, as I talked about last time on the podcast, the Blazers effed with the game and the game effed with them. As poet philosopher Nate McMillan taught us and and Terry Stotts has quoted. Don't eff with the game, y'all. You might end up down 28 to the Kings at home season finale just ripping off your fans that's what someone uh uh i'm not even gonna identify them but someone told me at halftime that uh that they thought this was ripping off paying fans for this game because the blazers were getting crushed they gave up 87 points in the first half truly wild y'all the most points an opponent has ever scored in a first half against the blazers the Kings just did whatever they wanted to do in that first half. This one was over. Blazers were tra- trailing by 28 points. And then, and then. Actually, in the first half, uh, Anthony Simons had 23. He was really freaking good in the first half. It's just they couldn't stop anyone. Every time he scored, the, the Kings scored six points. <laughs> Basically the math on that. <laughs> for each, for each Anthony Simons bucket, the Kings scored three and a half points. That was the rules in the first half. And yet, the Blazers—they never say die, Blazers. I don't know. I mean, they might have said die before this game started. Uh, okay, before I get into the second half, I want to take you guys to a scene that happened before the game. Uh, before uh, this afternoon, Damien Lillard was ruled out for the game. It was Damian Lillard's not going to play. He's not. He's going to rest. Uh, but the the Blazers' roster situation is such that. Because C.J. McCollum was also going to rest, and I talked about this on the previous podcast, that, that I think this was always the plan, that C.J. wasn't going to play two nights of a back-to-back, coming back from his knee injury. You know, he played 25 minutes on Sunday. He played 30 minutes against the Lakers on on Tuesday night. So this this Wednesday game, he was always not going to play. That was always the plan. And they wanted to win Tuesday, to get to Wednesday, rest him, yada, yada, yada. But because of uh, the Nurkic injury, the Blazers don't need to, to – they can – have an active player on the roster. So they decided pregame they're going to, we're going to put Damien Lillard on the, on the active roster. Um, it's not hundred percent clear why they did that, but I think why they did that is because uh, they wanted, he didn't want to wear a suit. <laughs> so that might be simple. That might be as simple as it is. He showed up to the arena without a suit, but also they wanted to have this like weird allure of, we're not going to totally tank this game. And Terry Stotts was incredibly coy and, and downright disrespectful, if I'm really being real with you guys, to reporters before the game, saying that everything's fluid and we haven't made decisions and all this shit. But that wasn't true at all because he had already told many of the players, including Anthony Simons, that he was going to play him 40 plus minutes, so be ready. So So Terry just lied to everyone's to everyone, And not just in a way like we haven't made a decision, but he just kept saying it's fluid, it's fluid, it's fluid. It was garbage. It wasn't fluid. They had made a decision. They were going to play six dudes. It was always the plan. That was the plan. Then they were down 28. Then it got wild. Blazers came charging back in the second half. Uh, they made it a single-digit game in the fourth quarter. They started the fourth quarter on a 30-6 to six run over the first eight and a half minutes. Uh, The Kings also kind of gave up in the second half. I think that's worth noting. They did not play their starters after halftime. My read on it is that Dave Yeager said, listen, if y'all are not going to play real players, if you're going to play the end of the bench and only going to play six guys, more than anything else, it was the six guys. Yeager said, screw it, I'm going to play the end of the bench. I'm not going to subject my starters to this garbage. So he brought in his bench players. And the Blazers bench, the end of the Blazers bench, and particularly Anthony Simons, the hero we need, is balling, clawed the Blazers back in this game, Scalabissier against his former team. He admitted that it was, to me, after the game, that it was fun. That was the word he used. That was fun. You don't hear NBA players say games were fun very often. He had a lot of fun punishing his former team. Dropping 29 and 15 on him. Blazers came roaring back 30 to six run, won this game going away. Uh, Not going away. That might be a lie. Uh, But the Kings had the ball down two twice at the very end of the fourth quarter and didn't score. uh, And then chose not to foul down five with 12 seconds left. Thank God they didn't play the foul game. Everyone knows that this was kind of a sham. Every single person on the Kings roster played six dudes on the Blazers roster played. Terry Stott said afterwards, Al Farouk Aminu and Rodney Hood were available in emergency situations. But listen, there are just not too many games in the arena that are like this. There are not too many games when the Blazers are getting crushed and then a bunch of nobodies, LeBissier and Anthony Simons, lead a charging comeback to win a game. You just don't get too many nights like this. This is one of the most, the most bizarre nights in my five years covering this team, five seasons covering this team that, that I've experienced in the arena. Uh, The sort of negative, this is a disservice to the league and insulting to the paying customer energy that was um, circulating in the first half. Certainly didn't show up in the second half because the second half was fun. Motor Center was rocking. I guess this was a good season finale. It left me with two images that I will remember from this game. The Blazers going nuts when Anthony Simons hit a wing three-pointer with about two and a half minutes left. He had, he had seven of 11 threes. I believe this was his seventh three. And the Blazers bench, uh, particularly Evan Turner, who's close with both rookies, and particularly Anthony Simons, and, and and Turner is a big believer in Simons. A couple Blazers uh, veterans have, are, are, have been saying that Simons can hoop, but I think Turner is the real ringleader of that. He's going nuts when Anthony Simons hits a three, like real life celebrating. I really enjoyed watching that because you just don't get to see vets like that celebrate for young dudes very often, particularly uh, in games that they're going to win. So, so that was, that's an image that will stick with me. And the other image is that when I walked out of the locker room, Uh, The way it works is you you come out of two double doors and Terry Stotts' office is kind of on the corner before you exit the whole sort of locker room facility area. And Anthony Simons was outside of that area talking with a couple assistant coaches and Neil Olshay. And they're having a jolly old time telling the kid that he played great, talking him up, having fun. And Simons walks out the double doors with me and we walk down the hallway. He's in his blazer sweats. And he's holding the box score in his hand. He's taking the box score home with him to frame it and keep it. Because the night that he had 37 against the Kings in his first NBA start. It's a pretty fun little memory. I don't think uh, my dude Anthony will forget that anytime soon. And I'll probably remember that moment for a long time too because it was special to your boy. But I don't know if the Blazers wanted to win this game, guys. Uh, in the next segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. <laughs> I don't I don't think the blazers intended to win this game guys. Before we get there, though, I want to remind you guys when you hop in your car, play podcast lockdown blazers. make it a part of your daily routine, make it a daily routine. make it a part of every time you drive. Tell your smart device when you hop in your car, play podcast lockdown blazers. All right, welcome back. Still lockdown blazers still Mike Richmond. And I'm still skeptical if the Blazers wanted to win tonight. So all that like coy garbage that Terry Stott started the pregame media availability with. Lying about his plans. Not even lying about his plans. It's one thing to say we don't have plans. This dude was just being being a jerk to the working media. He knew what he was going to do. He could have come with a canned statement. He didn't come with a canned statement. He just kept saying it's fluid, it's fluid, it's fluid. It was, I found it unprofessional, a little bit insulting. But it's also relatively meaningless in the long run, and I bet you guys don't care about it. What you do care about is maybe this was gamesmanship from the Blazers that went awry. So before the game tipped off, Oklahoma City, the Thunder, were locked into the sixth seed. We knew prior to tip off, We knew who the one seed was. We knew who six, seven, and eight were. We did not know who two, three, four were. Houston, Denver, and Portland, those three seeds were still up in the air. The Blazers could have finished finished either three or four. They could not have jumped up to two, although I guess technically they could have tied for two and then by virtue of the tiebreaker dropped to four. So if you're into the final standings, you know, if you're into... If you're into looking back, they would have tied for second with a tiebreaker, but finished fourth overall. My read on this game was that the Blazers very specifically did not want to play the Thunder. And that's why they kept Damian Lode on the active list. They wanted to keep their options open. Uh, If just because uh, if, if, the permutations, the decisions they have to make 90 minutes before tip off. Uh, before that Thunder game was decided, they wanted to have their options open. But once the game was decided, he wasn't. He definitely wasn't going to play. That wasn't how it was going to go down. Because they didn't want to play the Thunder. They wanted to lose this game. And they weren't gonna. Terry Stott said very specifically after the game, it was about resting my guys. But I think you could have had some situation where you rest your guys where you don't play three dudes 48 minutes, another guy 42, and a, th- and a fifth 41. I think the Blazers came into this game, came into this evening saying, if the Thunder lock into sixth, we are going to punt this game away and finish fourth. And then a really hilarious thing happened. The Denver Nuggets, who are a mess right now, the two seed in the West, not not playing well right now, almost lost to the T-Wolves in Denver. It would have been their third straight loss to close the season after they uh, decided intentionally to lose a game on Sunday, hoping the Blazers would finish third, and then turned around and lost a game to the Utah Jazz. They just had to close out, beat a, beat a T Wolves team that wasn't playing Carl Anthony Towns. It was just Tyus Jones, Andrew Wiggins, and a couple dudes you've never heard of. You might have heard of them. You guys are big basketball fans. You're listening to me record this podcast. I don't want to insult your intelligence. You guys know all the people who are in the who are in the T Wolves rotation tonight. But just like basically every team across the league, T Wolves rested their players. No reason to play them. Who cares? Game 82. Nuggets almost lost. They had to hit a three with uh, about a minute remaining to to, to survive. And Jokic had to hit two free throws with 30 seconds left. Yol- Yo- Nikola Jokic had to hit two free throws with about 30 seconds left to preserve that one. But if the Nuggets had lost, the Blazers would have got maybe the karma that they deserved. They were trying to lose this game to finish fourth. Then Anthony Simons and Scalabissier refused to lose. Gave the fans inside Motor Center what they wanted and maybe almost gave the franchise exactly what they didn't want. I think the Blazers came into this game really hoping to play the Utah Jazz and I think that was the plan all along. I also know that specifically Damian Lillard and because he is wired a certain way wanted to play the Oklahoma City Thunder he got his wish he got to play the you know quote unquote better team even if they're the worst seed so I think the Blazers tanking plans went wrong I think they tried to tank this game and it turned out to be extremely entertaining and a victory and a memorable moment for a couple guys on the end of the bench but I don't think this is what they wanted I don't think this is how they saw this one going down and and um I would love to give some truth serum to the members of the front office and the coaching staff and ask them, was this, a good, was this a good win? Afterwards, of course, they celebrated the win. When I saw Neil Olshay in the back, he was happy for Anthony Simons, his draft pick. Like happy, big old cheesy smile happy. Because it was fun. It was a fun game. The outcome of the game was fun. I think at the end of the game, they enjoyed the win. They gave the game ball to Anthony Simons in the locker room. How cool is that? But I don't think when the night started, they intended to win this game. And it would have been some sort of uh, hilarious karma if the Nuggets had also lost. And the Blazers had ended up. In the fourth seed anyway, just like they wanted. But they're not in the fourth seed. They ended up third. They ended up with 53 wins and now they head to OKC. In the third segment, I want to talk about what that means, what I expect from that series. But before I do that, I want to tell you guys all about Wise. Wise is the indoor camera that does it all. It's packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere for only $20. It's got 1080p full HD, night vision, and two-way audio. And their vision is to make smart home products accessible to everyone. So that's why they're giving you a full HD camera with free rolling 14-day cloud storage for just $20 a camera. That means there's no subscriptions. You just pay $20, bucks, you get the camera. But if you want more than that, Wise has got you covered. For just $10 more, you can get the Wyze Pan that gives you 360-degree coverage in under three seconds. And like I said, it's got a free rolling 14 day cloud storage. So everything you capture on there stays on the cloud faux free for two weeks. It also works with Alexa and you can check it anywhere using their app. So if you're on the go on your phone or on a mobile dev- on any mobile device, you'll be able to track the Wise cam. So if you want the absolute lowest price, go to Wise. that's W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked on to get the guaranteed lowest price. All right, still Mike Richmond, still locked on Blazers. Blazers won a game that maybe they didn't want to, and their reward—a Sunday afternoon game one against the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's right, I'm going to eat breakfast at the Moda Center on Sunday. Probably get to the Motor Center at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. A rare, a, st- a truly rare experience for me. I don't think the Blazers have played a, a, a home afternoon game in my five years around the team. I have covered a noon NBA game before, and quite frankly, it's delightful. Except for the part where you have to eat media room eggs. But after you eat those weird media room breakfast, you get to watch a game that happens during the day. But I don't think the tip-off time matters as much as the opponent. OKC is good. And they've beat the Blazers four times. And all four of those times were with use of Nurkic in the lineup. They were mostly good games, to be, to be honest. Uh, I think they were close, for the most part. I think the Blazers matched up relatively well. They didn't get blown out in these games. Their two losses against the Utah Jazz, for as much as I've been saying that that's a better matchup, the Jazz and their two wins over the Blazers this season beat the snot out of the Blazers. Okay, so he didn't do that. They did win all four games. One of them went to OT, a game the Blazers absolutely could have won. But again, that was with Yusuf Nurkic in the lineup. Things done changed. Ennis Kanter is not Yusuf Nurkic. Sack Collins is not Yusuf Nurkic, and the two of them combined are not that sort of reasonable of a substitute for what Nurkic brings. I think this is a tough matchup for the Blazers, for a variety of reasons. I think they don't have a great answer for Paul George; he's an elite player on the wing, and he he provides a lot of problems. The Thunder are also just long. Terrence Ferguson, for his limitations, has some real length at two. Jeremy Grant has given the Blazers all types of problems with his length and his athleticism and his ability to hit spot-up three-pointers, chase down some rebounds, and be just a long athlete on the wing. And Steven Adams is one of the best rebounders in the league. He's probably the best offensive rebounder in the league. Shout-out to Ed Davis. And then you get to the point guard matchup and I think this is the really fun one. Damian Lode and Russell Westbrook I don't know if they have beef but they certainly have beef when they're out on the court. Russell Westbrook famously in the third of the four matchups against the Blazers kept telling Damian Lode that he has been busting that ass for years. And while that might be true in the box score it generally hadn't been true in the sort of win-loss records. OKC had... Historically struggled in Portland, and hadn't won the, a game in years until they won a game earlier this season against the Blazers. But I think this is a really brutal matchup for the Blazers. I think this is super challenging, but I think it's really intriguing. If nothing else, there, I think this. I, I you heard you all heard me. If you guys are if this is your first Blazer po- uh, Lockdown Blazers podcast, welcome. Appreciate you listening. If you've been listening, you know that I think that the Jazz were a better matchup. I think this is really challenging, but the what this matchup sort of brings in its challenges. It also offers some really intriguing storylines. This is more interesting, straight up. This 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 matchup is more interesting than the Jazz would have been. So, if you were maybe rooting just for what would be the easiest way for the for the Blazers to to win a series. You were wanting some strange things to happen tonight where OKC lost and the Spurs won and you ended up in San Antonio, maybe. But that wasn't going to happen. This was probably a fairly unlikely scenario in and of itself, but it's a fun one. Ennis Cantor and Steven Adams are legitimately good friends. Ennis Cantor told me that he was texting with Steven Adams as recently as a day ago, as recently as Tuesday. Obviously, the point guard matchup I touched on is really is really intriguing. And how does a resurgent Mo Harkless, who's played his best basketball of the year since the All-Star break, and Al Farouk Aminu, an underappreciated part of the Blazers, who I've been saying, and I'll bang this drum, who's been the Blazers' fourth best player for three straight years, how do they handle Paul George on the wing? And how does an OKC bench that has been kind of crappy handle a Blazers bench? That has been pretty decent and then occasionally spotty over the last month. I think this is fun. I think we get more personalities. I think we get more juice with this matchup. I'm excited. The NBA playoffs are really fun. This is going to be really fun. I don't think the Blazers are going to be favored in this series, even as a three against a six. But Portland knows what they're up against. They know they've lost 10 straight playoff games. They know they've been swept out of the last two playoffs. I think we're going to see a team that's energized and has real juice heading into Sunday's afternoon game. I don't know if that translates to a win, but I'm pretty sure it's going to translate to a fun opening game. I got more preview coverage coming to you for the rest of the week. I really appreciate you guys listening. We'll go super in-depth on the Thunder coming up because we've got a little bit of time before that game happens. Game 2 is on Tuesday night. Then we get a long break until Game 3 on Friday. There's going to be a lot of Thunder stuff, a lot of Blazer stuff, and we will get to it. You can rock with me right here on Locked on Blazers for a whole bunch of coverage of this playoff series. And I also encourage you guys to check out Locked on Th- Thunder get a view from the other side should be a lot of fun tell your pals about this podcast tell them they can find it on the himalaya app they can find it on itunes they can find it on google play they can find it on stitcher they can find it on spotify pretty much wherever you get podcasts lockdown blazers is there waiting for you i'll talk to you guys soon thanks for listening